0: That I was. I, I'd like to have a good story, but there's a bear up in the woods somewhere there.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast, Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Well, welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. Today, I have the general manager for the Ridgefield Raptors and the general manager for the Cowlitz Black Bears, uh, Mr. Gus. Gus, am I going to say your last name wrong? Live is this. It's Farah, right? Gus? It's Farah, man. You got it right. Gus, thank you for making the time to be on the show.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for being patient with me and getting. Uh, I I don't know if it's an honor, but I guess I'm the last one being interviewed for well, league per, league purposes for, for, for Washington a.
1: State purposes for Washington yeah. State. Yeah,
0: uh, you waited. You waited for the best, or go. you waited for me to make time for you. But <laughs> I
1: appreciate that a lot. Thanks. Thank you, Gus. Why don't you tell us our listeners a little bit about about your background, because you're the only GM in the league that I know of, at least the only one in Washington that's got. You're wearing multiple hats for two different teams now. So how did that come about?
0: Well, I mean, I'll give you a little bit background without boring you. Um, so in 95, I started uh, with CBS Radio um, on as a salesperson. Two years later, I became the general sales manager. And then I went on to uh, move around. We had five stations because they, they were there was consolidation going on. And I ended up, you know, at one time or another, managing three or four of them for the revenue side, the sales side, mm-hmm. and running sales crews and making sure that the top line looked good. I hope. Um, and uh, spent 17 years there.
1: And where was, um, was that in Portland, by the way?
0: That was in okay. Portland, CBS Portland. And you know, I'm not going to bore you with, um, you know, how consolidation happened. We had a we had one owner before American Radio Systems. But anyway, CBS radio was really the easiest way to describe it. Okay. And then, um, they sold their Portland properties and, uh, I stayed there for another four years and it was just a culture change. I also went through a family tragedy. Um, you know, I lost my stepson and, um, you know, that was just a, a burden on my family that was overwhelming and, um. You know it it required something some drastic change for me to be able to keep my family together you know my 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 wife my I had a nine-year-old at the time um and myself so I took a tiny bit of time off trying to regroup um didn't know what you know it didn't feel it didn't feel nothing felt rich at the time nothing felt good and um a friend of mine who we had worked together in the radio business called me and said, Hey, why don't you come over to the Portland trailblazers with me and help me run the, the sponsorship department. So I spent eight years there as a sales manager, um, in the sponsorship department at the trailblazers. Um, and you know, same blocking and tackling. I, I, I don't like a lot of cliches, but same, uh, same blocking and tackling that I had practiced at the radio stations relationships uh, prospecting business, long-term relationships, um, expanding revenue opportunities. And uh, that went well. And I liked it there. You know, we drafted Damian Lillard the year I got there. We lost 13 in a row to in that year and we sucked. Um, but things got better and uh, it's just a nice piece of, it's a nice asset to work with and sell. And um, it was good for my family. You know, I had a nine, 10 year old and, uh, you know, we got to go to, I live by the arena, by the Motor Center, and we got to go to a lot of uh, bull riding and hockey and concerts and things that were good for our family as I was trying to unwind, keep my family together. My family was falling apart by, by the death of my stepson. Um, so anyway, I spent eight years there. Uh, how I landed here by Habistance, a um, friend of mine who we coached a Little League together, and we got to know each other over about 12 years, called me one day and said, what are you doing this afternoon? And I said, I don't know. I said, I got work, but I got time. And he said, why don't you go with me to the airport hotel, to the Embassy Suites, and meet this guy who I'm going to meet. I'm thinking about uh, buying into the expansion of, uh, He already, we already owned the Kalitz Black Bears at the time but we were going to expand into Ridgefield because Ridgefield had built a field and they were looking for a full-time tenant. Um, And uh, he said, let's just go meet him. He said, it's for me, for him. But I did. And typical, I'm curious, you know, I, that's my background is that's how you learn about people and things. And I started asking questions and I was listening to them talk and they were going to cut a deal. And um, you know, they looked at me and said, you wouldn't be interested, would you? And I said, probably not. I said, I don't think you guys can make this work. You know, I don't need to be get rich, but I also have certain expectations that my family has as well financially. And um, over the next period of two, three weeks, we worked it out and they saw that I could probably launch this. I'd seen all facets of the business from marketing to promotion, to events, to sales and revenue. And um, I came on in July of uh, 18. Very difficult. I mean, people kind of were like, what are you doing? You're leaving the Portland Trailblazers to go to a college summer wood bat uh, business. And, you know, it was a lifestyle change for me. Um, it gave me, um, you know, I've always been in charge of my own departments and my own, uh, my own uh, outcome. And so I, I get that. I get the pressure that comes with that and I also get the freedom that comes with that, right? Um, so I did it and uh, you know, we we launched forward. I did not take over Calitz at the moment. I only took over the launch of Ridgefield. We had a super successful first year um, for what standards are in the league. And um, we've, we, we, we created this little love affair with this community that's just the fastest growing community in, in Washington. Um, in Richfield, Washington. And, um, you know, so from there a year later, um, we had some turnover and it was going to happen anyway. I took over Calitz as well. Calitz uh, is a different beast. It's been there uh, over 10 years and it's had its ups and it's had its downs. It needed some business dis- discipline. Um, it needed uh, some some hardness to it, some, some discipline, you know, Mm -hmm. and it didn't have it. So that required turnover of employees a little bit to get the right people in place. Um, And now, you know, two years later on that project, um, it's starting to, it's starting to come around. Community is tighter. Um, Our revenue is looking a lot better, you know, stable, which is really the key for me is, is it stable or is it not? And um, so we're, we're moving forward this year with both products and that's kind of how I landed there. Um, But it's hard, you know, keeping my eye on two things, uh, but I need good people that can take a lot of that responsibility off my back so that I don't have to, I can't do it all. Mm -hmm. I just have to guide them to do it.
1: Right. Well, before we go into the two teams, um, first off, you, you had to tell the trailblazer story to a, a Sonics fan who, has been devastated, and you just had to open that wound, didn't you? You could tell.
0: You know, i uh, <laughs> I've always been a Blazer fan. I know the Sonic, uh, the Sonic competition. You know the the rivalry, mm-hmm. and I miss it. Okay, you know, I became really good friends with uh, Jerome Kersey before he passed away at the Blazers when I was there, and he was right in the middle of that, right? Yeah, yeah. him and him and him and X yeah. were. uh, getting at each other all the time.
1: Oh, I uh, haven't heard. Wow. Okay.
0: Wow. But we miss it. You know, we miss that. And hopefully someday that will come back, but you know, it's a different business. It's, it's not the same business. It's not why I partly did this is that this gives me a really good, you know, what I'm, what I think I'm good at is it's community, it's local, it's relationships that I've had for 30 years that I can still, uh, Um, take advantage of in a good way Mm -hmm. and um, you know the NBA is a different business it's it's about superstars and you know don't touch them don't talk to them don't don't impede on their privacy Mm -hmm. where in the past the alumni at the Blazers whether it's Jerome Kersey or Bobby Gross or Lloyd Neal or you know Steve Johnson you know those guys are accessible still to me you know I can call them Mm -hmm. and just talk about anything right um, but that's just not the way that the new superstar operates. You know, it, it, and that was one of the things that probably, you know, I liked it there a lot. But if you ask me, you know, what were some of the things that bugged me? Um, it was that, you know, you're not welcome at the practice facility. You're not welcome to get to know them when you... Um, when you get on the team plane coming home from a, from a road trip, when you took your, we took our clients, Mm -hmm. you know, we sat in the back, we didn't, we couldn't talk to them. We couldn't, Mm. you know, don't look at them. It's just, it's just different. You know,
1: my, my dad, um, uh, worked for Nabisco and somehow he got on the plane with the Sonics back when Kemp and Peyton were playing and for a game down in Sacramento and, it's funny that you say that you sat in the back of the plane can't talk to him, but he. I've got photos of him with 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 Gary Payton. I've got photos of him with Sean Kemp, and they were they were talking and and they were having a good time. And and my dad my dad liked that, and so I was always a little envious, you know, that he got to got to do that, and I never did. But um, all right, so you really have changed. You went from you know pro sports down to this this summer league let's let me ask you this question we'll go we'll go ridgefield first so the team launched in 2018 correct
0: first season was 19, 19. but we started doing we started getting
1: ready in 18 okay you're the have i asked any of this question so how was it to set a team to to spin a team up from nothing what what <laughs> was that fun and easy or was it night it was it nightmarish or both it was fun okay
0: no it was a lot of fun it was making it up as we went okay and you know, one of the challenges with all these teams in the West Coast League is that we don't have enough resources. We don't have enough people. We don't have experts in cat in in jobs where, you know, at the Blazers I had three or four people that were uh, assistants that could make you look good, that could organize you, that could research stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you're on the fly here. You're we're I'm using every gut instinct I have, and they're not all right, mm-hmm. um, but. I've seen it, I guess. And, um, you know, so that changes that change can be difficult, you know, and it's a lot of pressure on the rest of the staff Mm -hmm. asking them to do things that they're not, uh, trained or experts at they learn, you know, I think that this is a great training ground though. I think that for employees that want to move on and either get into entertainment or sports, um, it's not much different. There's the, 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 again, the cliche, the blocking and the tackling is somewhat the same. Mm-hmm. It's just a different level of it. So if you want to, if you really want to pick up on all that and you want to really grow, um, you know, I think it's a great opportunity, but the, the challenge is we just don't have enough resources.
1: Well, how many people were working full-time to bring the team we into have, existence? We
0: have two full-time in Richfield, two full-time in Callitz, and then we staff up. Uh, we've added a couple in the spring. We have an internship program, um, and then we will have about 35 to 40 seasonal employees during the season. The local kids, high school kids, um, and uh, that we will hire to run the to help run the events.
1: Well, high school kids, what could go wrong, right? I
0: mean... uh, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, the challenge nowadays is that you know they're. Um, I feel like an old man saying this, but, you know, they they have expectation of what work looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And they also, you know, this crazy COVID thing, you know, I'm negotiating how much they want to make because, you know, they labor is at a shortage Mm -hmm. and everybody's willing to hire somebody for more money. Right. And I get it. You know, I do. But. Uh, I I try and have lim- I have limited resources, sure. right? But it works out. It works out, and it's a great summer job for a lot of kids, especially around Ridgefield and Calhouts, where they they go to high school. They get to have fun. It's mm-hmm. it is a game. It is an event. Mm-hmm. Um, it is work, um, but they get to have fun and make a little money during the summer.
1: So one of the common threads I've had in this with the other GMs that I've talked to, and this was something that I hadn't. I was not aware of um, prior to having these conversations was that um, each team builds its roster every year based on relationships that they have with area, and even sometimes out of area, uh, college programs. And I wasn't, I mean, I was kind of aware of that, but I didn't think about it in the terms, I've gotten a lot more details than I ever had before. How was it with, with Ridgefield where, so did you, you had to hire a coach and you were probably leveraging that coach's relationships. Was, is that, is that accurate?
0: Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Um, every, every, uh, every team kind of does it different. We have a baseball operations person here, uh, in Jason Crone, who's been with me since the beginning. And he is a ex, uh, high school college coach that has a lot of relationships as well. Our coach in Richfield is uh, Chris Cota. He coaches down at College of the Canyons in um, Valencia, or California, mm-hmm. and he's been there twenty years. Um, so he does have relationships, but we also a lot of that gets taken care of here by Jason. Um, Rich uh, Calitz had been very stable for a long time with coaching. The last couple of years we've had some turnover, so we're building that relate. We're building that roster a little bit ourselves. Um, just because we haven't had people that have turned over with us the last couple years, this year we've hired Alan Embry who has 882 appearances in the pros, uh, in a world series ring with the Red Sox when he, um, when they won their first one, um, and, um, or their first one a long time. time. And, (laughs) um, he's a Southwest Washington guy. Okay. You know, went to Prairie high school here in the Vancouver area. So, um, yeah, That's kind of how we build it, you know, but we, we do take our own destiny into our hands by out of this office um, managing that a little bit.
1: Okay. For the inaugural season, was it... I don't want to use the word easy, but I'm, not, I'm struggling with another word. How, how challenging was it to build that initial roster?
0: Yeah, it, it, I don't know that it's challenging. I think the way I, I gauge it and judge it and all that, I, I think it's about... That the longer you're there, the longer you're here, and the longer you build rosters, the more relationships you build, and you get maybe that little bit better player, Mm -hmm. you know, off the roster at Santa Barbara or at Long Beach State or at Oregon or Oregon State. And once you start getting that quality up just a little because they know you and they trust you and you, you take care of their health during the summer and you don't overuse them and... You know you give them a good bed to sleep in and you give them and they come back and say i had a great time um they took care of me i think the quality grows a little bit which then is the difference maker so i think at first you are scrapping a little bit with getting what you get um and it grows from there you know richfield uh you know is going into its fourth season but Mm -hmm. only three seasons because of covid we, 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 had to, we had to bang one. And, um, you know, we made the playoffs. That was our second full season. Okay. Uh, we had a hell of a team. And we limped to the finish line because one of the things that happens is a lot of kids go home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They, uh, there's some turnover in the roster during the summer. They get tired. They've been at it since January. They miss their girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> they get hurt. They get hurt. Um, you know, Callitz went down to the final week in making a playoff run. So we felt really good about all that. but you know, um, roster that's how rosters are built, and it's really about just getting a little bit better player as you go along and um, finding new places to find them. you know, Junior colleges are important to the league. Um, you know, yes, Division one is super important. Division two can be important. Division three can be important. There's kids that can play at all levels of college um, that were mis misguided in their uh, recruitment. That just had baseball is a weird deal, man. In college, it's a it 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 is a uh, they judge you, they put you in a in a level, but there are kids at all levels that can really play. Mm -hmm. So,
1: well, let me ask you. I haven't asked this question before. So one of the challenges you that all the teams seem to have is, you know, you're, you get a player from Oregon state and Oregon state asks you to keep this kid's, he's a pitcher for the sake of this example, let's keep his innings down or his pitch count down to X. So this kid's great. And he's, you know, three and O for the team. And you could really enjoy seeing him hit the mound every five nights but you've got to respect and you do respect Oregon state's requests. So you shut him down. How do you find kids in the middle of the season? Where where are those kids coming from?
0: That's a great question. Um, So a couple of things you have big rosters, not, you don't want to overdo them. You want everybody to get playing time, but we definitely have any limitations on kids that just are done. I mean, we had a kid first year, uh, from grand Canyon and he was really good. And he, he got shut down a month into the season. Wow. Um, we have, you know, we that comes up. So anyway, so what do we do? We keep looking at a couple other feeder leagues that, that exists. One is the Casc- the C- uh, cascade collegiate league. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little, it's a l- lower level than ours, but they've got, again, like I said, kids at all levels can play. Mm-hmm. We also have our own uh, youth academy that has a team up to that level of the Cascade Collegiate League. Okay. And, you know, they're they're good enough to play. They'll play 20 non-league WCL games against WCL teams. So we're watching those kids, and we're moving them up and down a little bit because we will try and take care of our own problem through that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you just got to keep your eye open as to – uh, kids that didn't get didn't for some reason didn't get placed at first, this Cascade Collegiate League, um, and just have to keep feeding your team. You know, um, we had a we had a team last year. Like I said, in the the Callis team could pitch; they were just really outstanding. The Ridgefield team could hit, and if I could put those two together, we would have you know really made a big push for the for the championship. But uh, the challenge was with Richfield, as an example, it started eroding the talent because they had to go. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a different team at the end of the year. We were super potent offensively, the best in the league all year. Mm -hmm. But by the end, we were limping at home. So, um, yeah, that's a real issue. And we just have to use resources that we have at our fingertips to try and uh, feed ourselves.
1: Another thing that I've learned during these conversations is – you don't get your team. These kids don't show up for spring training They're, They They no. show up maybe the, in some cases, the, the day of the first, first game, how does one build a team? So, I mean, what, how does one build the team, you know, camaraderie and all that, or d- is that necessary in baseball?
0: Oh, it is. I mean, we, we know that, right. We all know that, that, that cult, the culture matters that, you know, um, but you don't get to so you know even were even even another addition to that is that you know i'll use oregon state as the example since we're stuck on that um you know they're number two in the country mm-hmm. and you know they could go all the way to a super regional and if they do or the world series and if they do then we're not going to see those kids until maybe uh july 1st mm-hmm. or so right um so that comes into play. How many playoff teams are there? How many kids are not available June 1st when we kick off here? Um, so, yeah, you don't, you don't get them all at once. And you got to almost look at it like, uh, you know, am I covered at the beginning? Am I covered in the middle? Am I covered at the end? Um, but, you know, here, here's the thing. You know, we're, we're, we're really caught up, and I understand. And trust me, it's, you're asking really good questions. The fans expect a couple things. It's family affordable entertainment. Right. It's not about do you win a championship every year? Do I want to? Of course. Um, so do you have nice kids that represent the community because they live in this little community?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do they do good things, not bad things? Um, do they, you know, so that is kind of what the fans expectation is. You know, I, I laugh because, you know, I get competitive and there are nights I'm sitting there and I'm watching the game and I'm like, I'd rather go home. You know, I I can't stand watching this right now. It's just, it's tough, but the fans are there. They're there till the end. And it's because they have this little love affair and connection with the community, and they're waiting for these kids, for the the team to come back, because they want to get to know them. And they're the future good college players, which now they're following every spring, Mm -hmm. and they get to see how these kids are doing. And number two, these are the kids that are going to be drafted someday, potentially. You know, Cowlitz uh, produced, not produced, but had on their summer team in, I think, 13 or 14, uh, Shane Bieber. Mm-hmm. Cy Young Award winner from Cleveland. That's just an example, right? Um, so you you it, it's more of a legacy kind of feeling than it is a am I going to win every game? Now you can really suck and hurt your ticket sales a little bit, of course. Um, but if you have a if you have bad character, mm-hmm. you're going to hurt your ticket sales a lot more than if you lose games.
1: Okay. With Richfield, and we we're, we're, we will get to Caled. So. One of the coolest things I've ever heard, I got to give Walla Walla props. They throw out the first onion. I just think that's a, I just, when I heard that, I just started laughing. And I just think the ceremonial first onion. Does Richfield have any things that they're doing to increase fan, you know, interest? So what are you guys doing? What's what's Richfield doing?
0: It's on, it's on the edge of uh, a baseball circus, right? Mm -hmm. Now I'll give you. (laughs) I I'll like give that. you our, I'll give you our style. Okay. Our style is much like a Walla Walla, much like a Yakima, much like a Bellingham. Well, you know, we're running it down the middle of the road with respect with not too much. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be funny all the time on our social media and our marketing. Mm-hmm. I'm not being dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not on the edge of being dirty. Let other teams do that. We don't want to do that. Okay. Uh, we think we have a community in Southwest Washington that is respectful Um, that wants that presentation. But what do we do? Yeah, we have kids get in free Sunday. We have $3 specials on Tuesday. We have uh, special events. We have community partnerships now that are really starting to grab some traction. Um, You know, we have a partnership with a a group called uh, Pink Lemonade, and they are a cancer support group for breast cancer. Okay. Um, last year and this year, we partnered with Waste Connections, one of our uh, local, they're the recycling garbage uh, company in the area. And they support Pink Lemonade hugely. Mm-hmm. So we had last year and this year um, a jersey off your back auction. We have special jerseys that are black and pink, mm-hmm. gray and pink last year. We will auction those at the game on uh, July 13th, I think it is.
1: Okay.
0: Um And, you know, last year we raised $10,500 at that. And then the the families went home with those jerseys uh, that they went down and took a picture with each kid that they bought the jersey from or from us, but from and took a picture. And that's what they got out of it. But they were able to support this community of Pink Lemonade Project. So, you know, there's a lot of that. Um, You know, it's a great group outing event for companies, for little leagues, for churches uh that is inexpensive there's a fundraiser tool to that um where people can sign up their group bring you know if if you sold 100 tickets to your community your fam you know mm-hmm. um you'd make um if if you 500 you'd make uh, or if you sold 100 sorry uh, let's stick to 100 that's a lot if you sold 100 you'd make 500 dollars back as a okay. fundraiser all you have to do is just come to the park and buy, get your group to buy tickets and enjoy the night. Wow. So um, there's hospitality opportunity for groups to eat and to uh, be part of the game with the first pitch or uh, recognition at the park. And the mascot, you know, which is probably our number one brand, uh, both parks, Rally the Raptor and Ridgefield and Corby the Bear and, and Khaled's, um, you know, hang out with them, take pictures. The kids love it. Um, it's a it's a multi-generational opportunity. You know, you've got grandma and grandpa, mm-hmm. you've got mom and dad, and you got the kids. So right. there's gotta be a little something for everybody. We recognize heroes every night, first responders, um, so and all the fun in between inning games on the field. So yeah, there's a lot going on at the games.
1: Right. With Richfield, how did you guys decide on Raptors as the uh as the
0: Well name? we had a um we had a, uh, a, con- or a a a an entry, okay. and you know we it very quickly focused on a couple things. One was uh, sputters because that's the name of the high school team. Okay, and it, it was an area that grew a lot of potatoes over time. Okay, so a lot of a lot of sputter innuendo, and then also they have a world class wildlife refuge, so birds were a big. Um, a big entry all all over the board and rally the, or the Raptor, uh, you know, came through. So we had over 500 entries in that, in that ask.
1: Great. And then with Cowlitz, that was named before you were involved.
0: That was, I I'd like to have a good story, but there's a bear up in the woods somewhere there.
1: (laughs) Perfect. What are you excited about for this season? with Cowlitz let's assess let's, let's specifically ask you about Cowlitz what what are you excited about this year any no, kids on the that roster I, that you're excited about
0: you know I don't again you know my job is um my job is to get the business stabilized and mm-hmm. get the get the production of the game stabilized um I know the players but I don't really have time or you know I leave that up to Jason and to okay. the coaches um what am I excited about? For sure. It's uh, there's some stabilized there, you can feel it. There's stabilization of businesses wanting to partner with us, the community wanting to come back to the park. It's taken a long time. You know, it required a handshake. There was just a lack of discipline for a while, and mm-hmm. that erodes confidence and relationship. And this is all about a handshake. This is that you live with these people. You're in their community. They expect it. So that's, that's really what I'm excited about there. We have a special night there this year. Every other year we bring in a, a concert after a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Court Carpenter is coming back. He's a local. Okay. He lives in Nashville now. And uh, he comes and does it for us every uh, other year. We missed one because of COVID.
1: Sure.
0: Um, but that's a big night. That's our biggest night. You know, we'll pack that house. And uh, I can see by the ticket sales and the sponsorship sales for that night that it's really, really special. So yeah, it's just the stabilizing of it. And hopefully what we get out of it is we have less stress that we have a better business now than we did a year ago.
1: Okay. All right. One of the things I've taken away in these conversations is that all of the teams, at least I can only, I'll, I'll lump them all the league together, but I've only talked to the Washington state, your peers in Washington state, but everybody so far has seemed to be very collaborative and cooperative amongst teams competitive when, when, you know, but for nine innings, we're very competitive against each other, but we're cooperative and collaborative. So that being said, who are the natural rivalries for Cowlitz and for Ridgefield?
0: Well, we have a, we have a competition called the Columbia river cup between the two teams. Okay. And uh, you know, we play six games. We play three at home, three away against each other. Mm -hmm. So we add (laughs) every year we start the season uh, the first game on June 1st in Ridgefield this year against Calitz. Uh, we host it in Ridgefield mostly just because it's a it's an easier park to manage from uh, a game standpoint. Also, we're host or we're guest uh, in our home field, Story Storyfield, uh, Lower Columbia College in, in Calitz, and the NWAC tournament which is the junior college tournament that's going to start it butts right up against it so mm-hmm. we anyway but we had an extra game so we have seven okay so there's a there's a natural winner every year of the series okay and that team this is the second year evergreen home loans is our partner and that's a natural uh somebody's the, somebody's going to win the columbia river cup and you know the photo op at the end with the team and the 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 excitement of it and in the competition of it right so that's a natural for us okay. I mean we have Portland down the road uh, right down the road um, we don't really have a, a, a well built in competition with them that really I would call a rivalry okay. I'd like to think Corvallis you know they're the like five time champions back to back they're they're a very successful team good friend of mine runs that team Dan Siegel who is a neighbor or is a neighbor he's going to be an ex neighbor. <laughs> um, and he's just, they're the, they're the cream of the crop in the league. You know, mm-hmm. they knocked us out in the first round last year in the playoffs for Ridgefield. Um, and you know, we, our fans like that because they know that they're, they're kind of the gold standard. Right. Um, but you know, I think our own comp, our own, um, is the, is really a, uh, a natural mm-hmm. that we try and take care of between Callitz and Ridgefield. Um, And then, like I said, there's a splattering. You know, Portland fans get to come up to Ridgefield or to Calitz because it's close. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the closest geography, right? After that, you have Corvallis and Bend. uh, And then Yakima and Walla Walla. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we're talking about Washington and not Oregon. but It's
1: okay. Well, um, look, any team called the Pickles, you got to, you know, you got to kind of chuckle.
0: So, anyway, that's kind of the answer there. Okay.
1: What about um, Cowlitz this year? What sort of promotions Cowlitz running? Are you guys going to do a, a jersey yeah. thing like that too? Or
0: no, they, we're not doing a jersey theme yet. We will again. There's some things that need to get in place that I can feel confident that we're ready to do that right. And the first thing is getting a getting a crowd that you know we we need to average more people because that's what drives everything. But mm-hmm. we do have a lot of things. Kids get in free Sunday with Peace Health. Um, Wednesdays with Fiber Federal credit union they have a five dollar off every ticket wow. with the, um you know we have fireworks there we don't have them in ridgefield because ridgefield is a complex it has all turf fields and bad wind Ooh. And, the, and we learned that the first year that you know i had to hire somebody over 30 40 hours to clean up the firework <laughs> that flew you know okay. i want to say miles but that's exaggerating and so fireworks night um the court carpenter concert is going to be really huge so we're looking for these anchors mm-hmm. like fireworks and like court carpenter that i can really market to drive you know the rest of the season um but you know callets is a little bit more um, active on with the on-field goofy stuff and fun stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, they've got more history that way so uh yeah there's a lot of fun there for kids uh you know we run summer camps for both teams um and, you know, last year we probably had about over 100 at each camp. We have two. Uh-huh. That's important because that's where the, the kid is saying to the parent, I want to go back to the game. Right. We give them tickets to come back, but we, we want that pull, right, that tug.
1: No, oh, that's great. Well, let's see. One of the things I would love to know is this is totally, totally random. You started this conversation about the Blazers who's your all-time favorite Portland Trailblazer totally catching you off guard here
0: no that's all right oh I don't know I mean do I have one Uh, I like Arvita Savonis I wish we would have got him a couple years earlier we would have had some championships okay Um, I I love Jerome Kersey he's just he was a great man I got to know him Um, right there's so many though. Clyde Drexler was a player to watch and fun. Oh, Terry Porter was just a really a good stud that just wasn't supposed to do what he did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and Damian Lillard's pretty darn special, and he's a good kid. Okay. Everybody's a kid nowadays.
1: I know. Look at us. Look, we're both of us here. You know, look at me with this big gray beard, and you know, I had
0: I just trimmed mine. You but, just
1: trimmed, yeah. Oh my gosh. When you're not running two baseball teams in your copious free time what do you like to do
0: love to fish uh steelhead salmon sturgeon bottom fish um i love to fish i don't have a lot of time i used to golf a lot um i don't have time for both um fishing one out my life came to this halting screech when my boy went to college Mm -hmm. he uh he played baseball at a good high level and um you know, we followed that and we loved that. And then all of a sudden he was gone, as any parent knows. And so it was our time. Um, but, you know, in the off season, I'm busy. We're really busy, but we're just not as busy as right now, right? Mm-hmm. So the summer, I don't have a lot of plans, but I sneak out when I can for a day or a half a day to go fishing. Yeah, I love it. We we have a lot of opportunity around here, as you know, in the Pacific Northwest. So
1: so give me a good, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fisherman. Yeah. And since this is a Washington State-related show. Where's a good spot in Washington that you like to go fishing?
0: Well, the the Astoria area, which is really both right. Oregon and Washington on the mm-hmm. Columbia. That's great in August. It's great a couple other times of the year. Um, you know, I don't do a ton in Washington up north. I want to learn it more, but mm-hmm. we do a lot between Portland and, and Astoria and, um, you know, do a lot of clam digging in Long Beach, Washington.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah. Okay. A lot of opportunity here.
1: Yeah. Now, I I saw you earlier drinking coffee, so one of the questions I always ask everybody is, where's a good place to get a cup of coffee? And yeah, since you travel got, so I, much... You, I've, got so.
0: A, I've got a Starbucks just because it was convenient, and I like it, but um, I don't know. I better say Cafe Destino in We're, Northeast Portland because my wife is just, like, in love with those people, little local business. Uh, there's some over here, you know, on this side. We have a place in Ridgefield called Lava Java. That Lava we love. Java. <laughs> <laughs> Lava Java, um, you know Black Rock is a pretty solid place, and and Dutch Brothers has grown. You know,
1: that's a company that just, yeah. I mean, I know it's Portland or Oregon based, but we
0: Southern they're, Oregon,
1: they're everywhere. And they're
0: they're and they do a good job. I mean, yeah. so I'm not a snob.
1: No, I'm not um, either.
0: You know, I have after this one, you know, I'll have one more, and it's a instant pack from Starbucks, a Via. They call uh-huh. it via yeah it's Pike Pike place. okay. And that's what I do when I don't I don't have time to leave my desk today. I, I've got I gotta move I gotta I gotta work and then I gotta move. So anyway
1: so what's what's your day look like today for these two teams? Let, let me put you on the spot so it's a, we're recording this on a Monday, early May. what's what's your day looking like for baseball today?
0: Today or just regular and eh, regular? I mean yeah. early... well on, two, on on Monday, Wednesday and Friday I usually try and be in the Vancouver office. it's it's the head office for all of it. Um, I'm working uh, you know and let me let me let me keep going here for a second. On Tuesdays and Thursdays I try and make it to Longview. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they need my help. they need to see me. they need they need to feel like you know I can't give it all the equal amount of love all the time and they can feel that if I'm here too much mm-hmm. in Vancouver, Richfield. But um, you know, during the season, there's a, it's cyclical. So we get out of the season, we have to shut down, we have to get the park shut down, we have to, uh, to communicate with clients about what we did with them, so they know that their money was safe. Mm-hmm. And then once we get out of that, we survey a little bit in September to find out what people think, so we can use that to improve. Um, you know, I, what I learned at the Blazers was you don't need ten new things every year to really tell a story but you need one or two Okay. this year. Not only are we doing kids getting <clears throat> kids get in free Sunday at Ridgefield, we're going to have a um, bounce and battles going to practice uh, partner with us. We're going to have two or three kids area bouncy house sports games. So uh, I look for one or two things that I can kind of, I need hooks mm-hmm. that I can talk about. Um, once we get out of September and we're kind of know what people feedback, people's feedback was, um, then we move into planning, you know, what needs to happen for next year and what kind of timeline we need to be on. And then we just follow a timeline of things that need to happen at a certain time. You know, there's a couple elements, though, to this that I should have started from the beginning. You know, when you, w- what is this about? This is about community, uh, grassroots, affordable family entertainment. We got host families. Haven't brought that up. And that is just without that, we don't do anything right. The kids are set up in host families uh, for the summer and they um, they get a bed and they get maybe transportation a little bit and they get food a little bit. Now, they're on the road half the time, Mm -hmm. but without those host families, we couldn't do this. And so that's even a deeper connection that you get uh, when people come to the park, which is they're also a lot of people, you know, 30 or 35 people are there to watch the kid that they have in their house for the summer. They make a relationship. That kid stays in touch. That kid becomes a, a sanitation worker or a NASA scientist someday. Um, that kid becomes a, a major league baseball player. Those are relationships that are made for life.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's true. And one of the things I haven't talked about with, with, with the other teams, so if you don't mind, I'd like to go a little, you know, let's unpack the, the, the host family thing. What is What do you guys require of a host family, basically? I mean, what, what are you looking for?
0: I, 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 I tell them what I just told you, which is, you know, they ask me that all the time. I say, you need to be open-minded to it because if it's a burden in your house, don't do it. Um, and you need to offer them a bed. Doesn't mean they have to have their own room, their own bed, but they have to have a bed. Mm-hmm. The refrigerator has got to be available to some degree. We feed them <laughs> at the park. Um, they're on the road a lot. They eat out a lot. But they, you need to, you know, make that available.
1: They eat a lot. Um, Let's just put it that way. They're, yeah, they're growing they, boys.
0: <laughs> they may need some transportation, but that's not all on the family. We also have a lot of kids that bring their cars that can help each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, if you understand the, um, the international student, the host family scenario, and it's something that you can do, then great. If you if it's a burden to have somebody in your house, which I understand if it can be, then mm-hmm. don't do it.
1: So do, do families take more than one kid, or is it just one?
0: Yeah, there are, there are some that take two. Uh, yeah. There's a couple that take three, not very many. Right. And then we have one in Cowlitz uh, that has had up to four wow. periodically, and uh, you know, Vince and Peggy, and they, uh, they've just been fantastic to us. And she has this really cool jacket. Uh, She has two of them, I think, that has the patches of the numbers and the names of the kids that she's had. Oh. And there's over 50 now.
1: Wow. They've hosted over 50 kids?
0: Very gracious people.
1: That's crazy.
0: And they love baseball, you know. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's, that's, you know what, that's, kudos to them. Absolutely. That's, that's.
0: Can't do it without people like that.
1: Well, when you, when, when, when Ridgefield launched, was it easy to find host families for yep. this product that wasn't yet real?
0: Yeah, it was easy. I mean, it wasn't simple, but it was easy. Okay. Um, you know, we went out with strong ticket sales. So our season ticket holders probably in the top 5% of the league right away. Wow. Um, host families were pretty, <coughs> pretty, um, pretty full for what we needed. Um, yeah, it's just been this little love affair and I know that sounds cheesy, but oh. that community just loves supporting. You know, it's all of Southwest Washington, by the way. Mm-hmm. It, we can't run a business and I never have tried just in Ridgefield. Ridgefield is our home and we and we appreciate that and we honor that. But at the same time, um, it's, it's from the river. It's from the Columbia River up to Woodland area It's all of Southwest Washington. 50% of our tickets come from Vancouver. 30% come from Ridgefield. Um, You know, that's just a population base too, right? Right. Um, And we're still stretching out and branding this thing because we still haven't hit all corners and not everybody knows about us. We think they do sometimes, but we can't forget that we're still branding this thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. We'll wrap it up with this question. What didn't I ask you that I should have?
0: You know... You since about since I was the last one, you kind of knew a lot about, you know, I I just want to reinforce that it's um, it's it's not about the wins and losses. It's about the family, affordable entertainment. Can we put on a fun show for both markets? Um, Can we be good citizens? You know, there's nothing better than going down to Ridgefield with Steve Stewart, the city manager, and sitting there and and talking about what we're, how we're running our business and how he gets to take advantage of the amenity that has come to Southwest Washington and have that strong relationship that you can feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't come here to I always say this, I didn't come here to, to, to go somewhere bigger than the blazers A bigger. This is not a bigger brand name, mm-hmm. but, and it's also more frustrating at times because I don't have the resources, but, and, and it makes things discombobulated and kind of crazy. And it's last second. But um, <laughs> I came here because of the grassroots effort. It's a lifestyle issue that I get to kind of run my own show. These guys, the two partners that I have, trust me. I check in with them once a week. I tell them what we're doing. We talk about money. Um, but we never get questioned. I never get questioned on unless it's an idea. I need I need I need feedback. Mm-hmm. Unless it's an idea that's just not a good idea okay all
1: right well Gus thank you for go ahead go ahead ahead. no no no.
0: I I just I really appreciate it I mean this has been fun and um yeah I I do these periodically at for different people and this has been great and you were so gracious and I could tell right away Scott you were a nice guy because I wasn't easy to pin down and I sure don't want to act like I'm important I just um I complicated everything two, three weeks ago with the, with this purchase of the house. Yeah, and no. you have the same name as one of my buddies that I went to grade school and high school with. So it weirds me out when I hear your name.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations on the uh, purchase of a new home and uh, condolences on the process that you went through and, and, and the move because that's no fun for anybody. Uh, uh, hopefully
0: we'll see emptiness by this weekend. Yeah, got right. anything you need let me know and awesome. uh, I hope I hope you can follow this up with coming to these geographies that you're talking to and um, and I'm visiting gonna... the game all you got to do is reach out to me we'll take care of you
1: I really my goal is in, in you know so as uh, since I'm doing the PA for Wenatchee this year so my summers you know I gotta be there for those games oh but...
0: yeah you're 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 stuck but, and then you're going to you're going to realize that you know you might think you have in between days and you don't have anything cuz you're like you're going to be full and you're going to be fatigued from it
1: but th- at the same time with explore Washington state you know we're always traveling the state looking for stuff so it's like now it's like well I go down to Walla Walla let's, let's try to plug in a game let's let's go to Ridgefield try to plug in a game i'm looking well, forward to you'll it you'll
0: see Ridge, i think you'll see ridgefield there or calett so
1: yeah I, I don't have the schedule up in front of me, but yeah, yeah, I, don't.
0: I again, it's just like when you ask me about the players, I know right. enough. I, I I know the detail. I just don't.
1: right right. Well, Gus, thank you so much. I really appreciate
0: it. Thanks, Scott. have a great day.
1: you too.